Well, good morning, friends. My name is Courtney. I'm part of the pastoral team. And uh, I want to ask, can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah? Let's do that one more time. A hallelujah? hallelujah. How about an amen? amen? Amen. Well, this morning, we are going to jump right into the scriptures. We are in, thank you so much, Steve. We are in um, our summer in the scriptures, looking at the good news that God gives us in the Old Testament, which all points to the New Testament and the good news of Jesus. Thanks be to God for God's word, right? Wouldn't want to try and live without it. Well, if you've read the author Brene Brown, you know that she uses the phrase, clear is kind. And I've used that phrase for a long time, so my daughters think that Brene is quoting me, which I sort of like, I have to say. Maybe she is, maybe she's not. But clear is kind. And on the other hand, ambiguity yields or builds anxiety. Thanks be to God that we love and serve and worship a God of clarity the very beginning of the word says, ex nihilo, out of nothing, God creates order. Clarity, friends. God wants us not to be anxious. How often do we say this to one another? Gosh, I wish I knew what I was supposed to do right now. I wish I knew what God wants me to do. Well, actually, God's fairly clear about at least, well, many, many things. But one that we're going to look at today is God's desire that we would love and show our affection for God. What does God want from you? God wants what we want. God desires to be seen and known and loved. And we're going to talk about that today. You know, God is so generous that God even gives us the worship and the praise to offer back to God. We don't have to come up with it on our own. We don't have to manufacture it. Friends, I think that is good news in the New Testament and the old. This really is a sermon about longing. And we are created in God's image. Author James K.A. Smith has written extensively on this topic. And one of the things he says is this, friends, we are created not self-made. And we are made with the intention to love and to desire God. He said, we are what we love and we become like the one whom we love. There are many places in the Old Testament and the New, where we are instructed to praise God. Today, we're going to look at Psalm 100, but you could look at a lot of different psalms, and you would find the same instruction. And I'm going to ask this morning, if you're able, that you would stand with me, and we're going to read together Psalm 100. It's very brief, just five verses, but if you're able, just in honor of God's word and our amazing God. Thank you. This is a psalm for giving grateful praise, says the author. Please read with me. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. Amen and amen. Thanks be to God for his word. Amen? amen. You may be seated. The Psalms were the original liturgy of the church. What do I mean when I say that? Well, a liturgical practice is just that. It's a practice that the church recites together to remember throughout the week who God is, and what God's character is like. 
And I propose that reading the Psalms aloud is a liturgy or a practice of loving and praising God, giving God our affection. I hope by the end of our sermon today, you'll agree with me. I went to college in the 80s and sang in the choir at Azusa Pacific University. Some of you did that in your college life. And when you are in a touring choir like that, you sing the same songs night after night. And they're ingrained in my brain. I'm so grateful that many of the songs we sang were scripture set to music. How gracious is God. God knows I don't have a great memory, but I have a good musical memory. One of the songs actually quoted Psalm 40, verse 3. And in this psalm, we see that even the hallelujah, even the bless you God that we offer is given to us. Look at this psalm. God put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Like, how good is that, that God even gives you what God wants back? This is a virtuous cycle of praise. What do I mean by virtuous cycle? Well, a virtuous cycle is a chain of events in which one desirable occurrence leads to another desirable occurrence, which leads to a desirable occurrence, which leads to a desirable occurrence. Are you seeing it here? Virtuous cycle. The good brings the good. The praise brings the praise. And we know from the word that God inhabits the praises of his people. God commands us to give praise and affection. And then, God's so good that he says, I'm gonna even give you what I'm asking you for. Psalm 100 is part of what's called the Yahweh Melech. It is Psalms 93 through 100. And these Psalms are really all about rejoicing and praising God. In Psalm 100, you'll see as we go through it verse by verse that we live out our praise. We don't just sing it sitting still. We praise it by walking around and living it out loud. So it's really a worship psalm. It's what one author calls a first song of the morning. Psalm 100, a first song, and I love that. All right, so the first word in this is shout. Does anybody have the, the page number? Why don't you open your Bibles? Sorry, I forgot I put it on the screen for you. 597, thank you so much. So you might want to open that up. It's only five verses. We won't be here all day but it might be helpful to look at it. So the first word there is shout. Well, translated really simply, right? Make a joyful noise. Means to sing and shout with goodness. Now, Pastor Earl Palmer, who's a, um, a scholar, says this, and I love the way he described it. He says, this isn't just like singing and shouting because we're happy. What happens to us when we shout and make a joyful noise is this. It creates a meaningful acceleration in the rhythm of our relationship with God. Don't you want that? A meaningful acceleration in the rhythm of your relationship with God? Think about if you've ever been in love. Those first months, oh my word, how many hours do you spend listening and talking and listening and talking? And what happens? A joyful acceleration. The more you attend to that person, actually, the greater your desire, the greater your compassion, the greater your empathy, because the greater your understanding. Look, friends, we are created like our creator. We are made in God's image. Everybody buy that? All right. So that means that just like God wants to be seen, known, and loved, where do you think that comes from in us? That's where. How gracious of God that we can shout 
and sing joyful praises together. All right. When we experience relationships on earth that are good and healthy and right and just, those are a reflection of the kind of relationship God wants us to have with God. So one of the things that's not clear in our English translation of this is that when we're called to shout for joy here, it doesn't mean just you, Denise, or just you, Francois. It means all y'all, as my southern friends say, do it together. Rudy Keller, who's Swiss, told me this morning after first service that in his translation, in the German translation, it says, every tribe, shout together. Every nation, shout together. Like, I love that, but I don't read German. So I trust him. We are invited as a whole, as a community, as connected people who love God together to shout together and make a joyful noise. Worship, in worship, we bring ourselves into God's presence. It's what Anna prayed this morning. We trust you, God, she said. So we bring our whole selves to worship you. There are places, and we see them particularly in the New Testament, where we're told to go alone into our room and pray. I'm not ignoring those. Both things. We're invited to both things because each one is necessary and each one blesses us in a unique way. Think about the Lord's Prayer, which we'll say at the end of our service today. We don't pray it, my Father who art in heaven. Our Father, give us this day our daily bread, our trespasses. Friends, we are not meant to travel alone in this life. All right, the second sentence starts this way. Know that the Lord is good. All right, I know where your mind's going to go, but I will tell you that the word in Hebrew is yada, and I know some of you went right to the Seinfeld episode because after first service, somebody sent me the little meme. Yada, yada, yeah, yeah, I know, yada. Adam, yada, Eve. What does that mean? It's not like uh, to know about, like I know about a movie star. It's intimate, personal knowledge clear understanding of who that person is. Know with every fiber of your being, Courtney. Know the Lord is good. Know the Lord is God. We are invited to this intimate relationship with God. We are commanded here to remember that God is powerful and worthy of praise. This worship commandment says, you be a rememberer. I know it's not a word, but I really like it. Be a rememberer that God who created you rescued you, my friend. We belong to God and we belong to God. We get to come home to God with one another. The third sentence says this, enter God's gates. The Jerusalem Bible, which has some really interesting things in it, says we don't get this so much in our U.S. American culture, but it means enter the gates and keep on walking around. When I think of it, just as I read in English, I think, okay, enter the gate. Full stop. Nope. It means this. Enter God's gates and keep walking around through the city. If you've been to Israel, if you've been to, the, to Jerusalem, to the old, old town, you know. You know in the old city, it's gate, the whole thing is gated and enclosed. You just walk around. Keep walking around in God's goodness. Keep walking around in God's presence. Keep walking around with God's people, with every tribe, with every nation. Get your identity from God and then walk around with God. That's really what it says here. The last sentence says this. Know that the Lord is good. And that's the simple word tov in Hebrew. 
it's also in Genesis. When the Lord created the heavens and the earth, the Lord looked and said, this is good. Now, we think of good as in like maybe good versus the word bad. Again, eh, too simple. Everything is good and God would say, just right. The moon and the stars, the earth, the water, the seas, the animals, humanity, just right. When I am walking, worshiping God, I am in just right order with God. And as I'm paying attention to God in worship, God helps me to live just right with every person I meet. God makes everything just right in creation, and then because of God's generosity, God makes everything just right with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we can be just right with God. All right, anybody know the sign for love? Not I love you, but love in American Sign Language in ASL. It's this. Just like a hug. God loves you enough, and God thinks you are good. God thinks you are precious. God who knows every hair on your head, or if you've lost some of those, your lack of hair on your head. That's the word hesed that's here. God's steadfast love endures forever. And it doesn't just imply simple love, like I love my puppy. I don't really have a puppy. No one worry. But it means faithfulness, covenant faithfulness, the interweaving of God with us in our day-to-day life. An author says this, when we live in God's just right, hallelujah, hesed, God's faithfulness. We are attentive to God, and we feel God's attention, and when we do that, we feel God's affection. It brings pleasure and exhilaration of our hearts. That's part of our inheritance as believers while we're on this earth. God's affection actually equips us for life day to day because it gives an anchor for our souls. And I love this. He says, it empowers us to run to rather than run from God. In Romans, the phrase says, it is your kindness that leads us to repentance, to lead us to turn around toward you. It's painted on the walls in a life toward Christ. God has affection for you and me. How are we doing in expressing our affection to God? The Westminster Shorter Catechism, I know you've all read it, um, is a catechism for, Christ- it's like a guide for Christian living, and it was written in 1646 and 1647 by, um, the West- at the Westminster Assembly. And it was a synod of um, English and Scottish scholars, uh, Bible scholars and laymen. And it asks, um, two, it asks lots of questions, but its primary question and answer are things you may have heard before. The primary question they ask in it is this, what is the chief end of mankind? What is the chief end? The answer, our chief end is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. So my question is, what are we waiting for? When we're in love, we can't tell that person enough that we love them. I know, it happened to me recently. God loves you with an everlasting chesed, 
What's it like for that exhilaration and that increase in that rhythm of love to glorify God and enjoy God now and forever? Well, what do we do on the days we don't really feel like saying hallelujah or amen? It's an old adage and a true one that a friend is someone who remembers the song of your heart when you can't remember how to sing it yourself. Anybody have a friend like that? Yeah, thanks be to God. Remember, I said the Psalms are written for the community, not for us as individuals. That's why I wanted us to read it together aloud this morning. Well, this also points to the New Testament. Look what Paul wrote to the Colossians, beginning in Colossians 3, verse 3. Since then, he said, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Then he goes on in verse 16 and 17 to say this. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. So you can't do that alone. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen? Written to the community. We are called, my friends, to worship God together, to develop our affection for God together, to raise our hands in worship together. So what do you do? What do you do on the days you're like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. I can't raise my hands. A couple years ago, I was in a Bible study with a group of people, and Bill, one of the guys in the study, was going through a really hard divorce. And he said, it's all I can do to drag myself to church. And then, you know, the worship band starts playing, and I'm like, I don't. I can't raise my hands. And he said, and then a few weeks ago, you know what happened? I realized that their voices could carry me along to worshiping God. I didn't have to raise my hands. Because being among God's people who were remembering and reminding me that I could trust God with their hands raised, it lifted my heart. And he said, it gave me hope that there will be a day when I too we'll be able to raise my hands in worship. Yeah, we're called to worship God together. So I want you to think about this question. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Are you counting on likes on social media or someone telling you your hair looks cute to feel good about who you are? Or do you trust God who really, really yada? who really knows you and your longing and your desire to be loved. So we know love is a verb, right? We know love is also an expression. And if you're like my family, you love the movie Dan in real life where we learned love is an ability. And it's true. It takes practice. It takes rehearsal. What does Jesus say when he's asked what the greatest command is in Matthew? He says, Look, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. God first loved us, that we might have this love to give back in a virtuous cycle. This love is commanded in Corinthians, too. You know, it's easy to 
feel in love sometimes and sometimes not so much. So I don't want to live based on my feelings. I want to live based on who is Lord of my life. Let me tell you this to you really clearly. The path of discipleship that we follow is not primarily about emphasizing our behavior. It's primarily about identifying the source of our behavior. Does my behavior, does yours, does it identify, does it produce fruit, does it show outwardly that it's an act of love because I'm pointing to the source of love in my life? Jim Wilder in his book, Renovated, which I highly recommend, says this, you maximize the effect of your will by using it to direct yourself into experiences that change your mind, change your body, your social relations, and your soul. This is a Christian neurobiologist. He's way too smart for me, so let me say it one more time for you. You maximize the effect of your will by using it to direct yourself into experiences that will change your mind, your body, your social relations, and your soul. Anyone else hearing? Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, strength. We can live into new ways of being. Most of you know I love Eugene Peterson's writing, and in his book, Along Obedience in the Same Direction, he says this, feelings don't run the show. We are invited to bless the Lord. We are commanded to bless the Lord even when we don't feel like it. He says the biblical response is to lift up your praising hands in the holy place. You bless God. You can lift your hands no matter how you feel. It's more than a simple motor movement. Your actions can actually transform your heart. You lift your arms in blessing and just maybe your heart will get the message as well. My youth pastor, Larry Bowles, used to say to couples right after they got married, now you guys are still in love, it's still the honeymoon phase, but I promise a day's gonna come you're gonna wake up and think, I don't feel very in love with you anymore. You may have had a rough night, you might just be tired, it might have been too much pizza, but I promise that that day is gonna arrive. And he said, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to treat that woman like you're so in love with her, and I want you to treat that man like you're so in love with him. Go brush your teeth an extra time, like do what it takes. Because if you act with love, you will change your mind, you will change your heart. James K. A. Smith is a great theologian. He's a, uh, he studies neurotheology, which is sort of an um, emerging field. He talks about neuroplasticity and the way that our minds changing and building new connections relate to our faith. He really says the same thing that my youth pastor said, but he said it a little more succinctly. He said, our behavior is far more powerfully driven by the habits we form in our embodied movements than by what we think. In other words, you can act and live into a new way of being. That's why I titled this sermon, The Habit of Hallelujah. Can you practice inhabiting God's praise? Can you practice living into a habit of hallelujah? Most of us are familiar with the five love languages, Gary Chapman's book, I can't even tell you how long ago it was written. But no one's said it better or proven him wrong. So here's the good news. We're created by God. Guess who speaks all five love languages? It's our lucky day. No matter what your love language is, God speaks it. So here are the five if you're familiar. I'm going to give you examples 
of people on our staff and, their, and the way they speak in love language because they are epic. So the five love languages are physical touch, acts of kindness, words of affirmation, gifts, and quality time. I'm gonna start with gifts because Danny's in the room. So Danny is our sunshine committee on the staff team, which means she makes sure when it's your birthday or if you have an anniversary or if you get married that you are celebrated. And this woman outdoes herself every time. You know why? Because she loves gifts and she loves people. And so when she gives you a gift, it's like she's saying, Pat, I, I know you. And I know this will make you feel seen and loved. Oh, that sounds like God to remind us that we're seen and loved. How about acts of kindness? I got to say, Davis and Daryl, just yesterday, I'm at home, not a tech genius, not a tech genius am I. Type, 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 Davis, I can't get the slide to upload. I'm doing something wrong. What's he say on his Saturday on his day off? I got you, we'll figure it out. Daryl, every time I ask him for some new connections event that means reorganizing the room or rebuilding the building, he's like, let's figure out how to make that happen. Those acts of service, they're showing up and loving God by loving me. I'll confess, mine is physical touch. So every time I see one of you, I probably touch you on the arm or give you a hug because that's how I know and experience God's love. Hey, words of affirmation. I, I, could, I could say that about every person on our staff. But Linda Mazzarello always has a kind thing to say to me. She always reminds me of something I've done and the way she sees God at work in it. Man, that's a blessing to me. Quality time, you guys know her, Katie Kearns. She shows up. She'll walk with you. She'll talk with you if you want to talk. She'll walk in silence if you want to walk in silence. And that's just literally off the top of my head. Each one of us has a way in which we most clearly receive love. God knows how you receive love. Are you expressing love? Are you walking around the city showing that you love the Lord your God by expressing love to other people? We get to do that, my friends. We are made in God's image. We are created for desire. We are actually designed to desire God. Marin County writer Annie Lamott says, the soul rejoices when it hears what it already knows. Man, that's resonant of the Psalms. Why does our soul rejoice? Why is it lifted when we sing? Because my soul and your soul already know. Because the Spirit speaks to us that we love God. So my soul rejoices when I lift that praise back up in that virtuous cycle. I am meant, you are meant to desire God. We are meant to love and show affection for God and for others. We are meant to enjoy God now and forever. I'm gonna invite the band back up, but I wanna give us a little bit of time to practice this habit of hallelujah. If you've ever had me pray with you, I probably prayed this verse over you from Zephaniah 3, 17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Why do I choose that verse? Because those are the ways in which I know God is present. 
And what can I tell you about God? I can tell you what I've experienced and how I've experienced God's character, God's strength and might, God singing over me to quiet my soul that I might listen. I told you I learned a lot of music at that college choir. The lyrics to the song that are right from Psalm 43 are this. Even the praise comes from you. Every prayer that I raise comes from you. Fill my mouth with words of worship, and I'll give them back to you. For Lord, they're not my own. They come from you alone. Even the praise, every prayer that I raise, even the praise comes from you. In the seat pocket in front of you, there are some white index cards. I'd like you to take one out and take a minute to craft your own hallelujah. If you're in a season of hardship and grief, say that to the Lord and ask God to give you a hallelujah because God will provide the praise. If you're in a season of delight, you may have hallelujah on your lips already. But you're going to craft your hallelujah, put it in your pocket or your purse, take it home with you, and I hope you will use it this week as a way to say to God, I desire you. I love you. My affection is for you. So give me the words I need to lift a hallelujah to you. Thanks be to God. Take a few minutes and write out your hallelujah. Hallelujah.